0: Good morning. It's Jessica. Thank you so much for tuning in to episode 173 of the Extraordinary Moms podcast. I'm so glad you decided to spend a few minutes with me today. Oh boy, what a week, what a few weeks and months it's been between the natural disasters and the political upheaval and just the tragedies. This episode is coming on the heels of the Las Vegas mass massacre and um It's upsetting. It's upsetting as a human being. It's upsetting as a mom. It just scares the living daylights out of you. That it's just you never know. You just never know. And and it's always been that way. I mean, we are never promised tomorrow. We have we're not promised an easy life, immune from trials and terrible things. Um, But when these things, these senseless, horrific events occur, it just rattles you to the core um, seems like that's just the sentiment overall that I've been I've been hearing from people and I feel that same exact way so I wanted to give a little bit of time on the show today for people that may be asking the question what do I tell my kids I don't know what to share how much to share how to approach it I'm so upset I'm still processing how to approach it with your children and I I'm no expert, I'm not a mental health professional, um, but I read a really amazing article on today.com entitled, How to Talk to Children About Shootings, An Age-by-Age Guide. And I just found these basic principles really helpful and true to what I feel like is appropriate. Um, you need to make that that determination in your own family, um, but in case you're looking for for resources and for thoughts and insights regarding what to share with your kids or how to share with them, I hope this episode can be a little bit helpful. Um, you may agree with what I'm saying and you may have your own thoughts and I would love to hear those thoughts because I'm always trying to expand um, my knowledge and my ability to wrap my mind around things that are new. This is new parenting territory for me. I feel like there are certain things where you kind of know kind of the blueprint of how to approach it with your kids and when to talk about these things and when to have the talk and how to have the talk. But how on earth do you talk to your kids about these types of events that are happening around us on our own soil? Um, And so if you have little ones listening, this is probably a good thing to wait or put in your earbuds for um, so that you can process it first. Um, I'm not going to say anything overly graphic or anything like that, but I think it's really important for adults to process things first, think through things deliberately and intentionally, and then... And then make the choice of how they want to deal with it with their kids. Um, It's never good for kids to overhear things without us um, being really cognizant of, of what they're hearing, how they're hearing it, and if they may misinterpret things. So... I'm just going to go ahead and um, highlight a few things that the article said and give you kind of my two cents on it um, as well. And this is based upon my own thoughts as well as conversations I've had with other moms in the last week who I really respect and have helped me to kind of process this as well. It's a sad thing to have to think through, um, but it's, it's real. It's in front of us, so it's important to have these tools in our toolbox. So the first thing the article talks about is how we as parents are responsible for helping our kids to learn how to think, feel and act in the world. Um, They will do sometimes as we say, but mostly as we do. So when we hear bad news, when there's a loss, um, when we are confronted with a challenge, when we are celebrating, all of those types of reactions that we have, the way we act, the way our demeanor is, the things that we say about it, they're listening. Um, And so I think it's really important that we acknowledge that they can sense that there's something off sometimes. If we're really upset, if we're crying, if we are talking with our husband in a hushed tone in the other room, they pick up on these things. And so I think it's important to um, just be aware that there's there's little eyes and ears listening and watching um, that you need to be aware of that. And so the article says um, they advise don't share this type of news with kids under the age of 8 unless they're directly affected or they are likely to hear about it. So if they have older siblings that you know are going to be talking about it, um, there's just other circumstances where they might hear about it, you're going to want to address it because they're going to get their information from somewhere and you don't want them flailing on their own not sure how to process this. Um, But like my kids, it is very unlikely that they would hear about it. Uh, My oldest is only seven and a half of kindergartner and a two year old, it's unlikely that that this would come across their radar. And so I personally am not going to address it. However it's times like these where I'm thinking about what skills and awareness do I need to be instilling in my kids so that if, heaven forbid, something happened at their school or anywhere else for that matter, I mean really, no place is off limits. You never quite know what is going to crop up next, which is a horrific thought but it's it's honest and real. Um, what types of things do I need to educate them on? So talking about, you know, of course, stranger danger and and being aware. And if they got separated from me, where would they go? Who could they trust? Making sure that they know my phone number um, by memory so that they could access um, me by somebody else's cell phone if they got separated from me. Those types of survival type skills, heaven forbid, an event like this were to occur with them you want to prepare them for that. You're not telling them the scary stuff that makes them afraid to go to school or afraid to enter a shopping mall or a concert, um, but you are you're instilling those types of potentially life saving skills that will enable them to to deal in that type of circumstance the best way possible. And so, yeah, stuff like the phone number, um, where you would go if there was an earthquake or a fire, or if there was something scary that was happening, where could you, where could you go? You don't want to present them with ideas that are too scary, um, but you want to leave them with a message that, you know, it's important to be safe. And so these are things that will keep you safe. One thing that the article was really great about talking about is processing your own reactions first. And I kind of already touched on that. If our kids see us in hysterics, if our kids see us being scared to send them off to school, they're going to pick up on that and they are going to feed off of that and develop those own insecurities themselves. So I think it's fine to express to them that you're sad. It's fine to express to them that there's bad people in the world. But countering that with, But mom loves you, dad loves you, you are safe, we do our best to protect you, your teacher loves you, reassuring them that you have to live life. And among all of the people that might be making bad choices there are plenty more good people being kind and loving and lighting up the world with goodness. And so just process your emotions and think through this kind of on your own, apart from them, um, so that they're not feeding off of your emotions. And so the first thing is it recommends that for young children that you do plan on talking about this with them, have a one-sentence story in mind. Um, And so the story could be, in this event, There's a bad person who did something really terrible that hurt a lot of people, but then there was a lot of helpers. There's a lot of people protecting other people, helping them to be safe and to get help. Um, So counterbalancing the, the, the good and the evil so that they get both perspectives, so that they're ultimately walking away with a more positive take on the event than just a doom and gloom version of it in their mind. You want to ask yourself the question, With what I tell my kids, what will they walk away thinking? Um, Just like as adults, I talk a lot about this on the show, we create the stories in our mind. um, And sometimes it's based on truth and sometimes it's based on just our own narratives. They tell those same stories in their heads. They create those stories. The information that you give them about the tragedy or the event that you're talking to them about what is the thing they're gonna walk away thinking? Are they going to then spin it and create a story that now they're not safe, they need to be scared? Or are they gonna walk away thinking, gosh, it's sad that people make really bad choices, but I can make good choices and there's plenty of other people also making good choices that are helpers and kind and loving. What are they going to walk away thinking? So if from seeing you respond to something, if they're going to walk away thinking they need to be scared, if they're going to walk away thinking there's they, sh- they can't go to school, they can't leave your side because they're not safe, that's a problem. So what can you tell them so they walk away feeling safe, secure, loved? and that sentiment. So you need to write your own sentence. We can't give that to you. Nobody else can tell you what to tell your children. It's based upon the ages of your child. It's based upon their sensitivity levels. Um, You know, all those things come into account. You know your kids best, but what do you want them to walk away thinking about the event? That can dictate the story that you tell them, and it should be one sentence. They may or may not have follow-up questions is what the article says, and that's fine. You don't need to keep going if they happen to see an image that is negative, following that up with an image that is positive or a story that's positive or an example of a hero in the event, at least they will have that duality of that perspective. Okay, then it goes on to talk about, um, for tweens, first asking, have they heard about that event? And if they've heard about it, how do they feel about it? It's really important that we don't impress and imprint our own bias and our own emotions onto them unnecessarily. It is extremely, extremely important to, in all circumstances, have empathy with our child and to validate their feelings. So if they heard about it already, they're likely feeling scared and sad and confused and unsafe and insecure. You might also be feeling those things, but if you say, did you hear about the event? Oh gosh, isn't it just so scary? You just can't go anywhere anymore ugh, you know, they're going to be walking away. Again, it's the same with our little ones. They're going to be walking away feeling, I'm not safe anywhere, right? And so it is extremely important to ask them how they feel and then empathize with those emotions that they are having. Um, They may not feel very affected by it and that's okay too because if it's not directly impacting them, it is completely developmentally appropriate for them not to feel a lot for other people that are going through things that they have not been through or are not personally affected by. But it is important if they've heard about the event and they're saying, oh, you know, gosh, that's sad or whatever. That guy was super messed up who did it. Also continuing the conversation to help them grow their emotions and their the way that they interpret an event like this to be a little bit more mature about it. Saying, and giving them language for, sometimes people make really bad choices it must have been a really bad situation for that man to make such a terrible, terrible choice to hurt so many people. But there's lonely people in the world that, for whatever reason, want to hurt other people. Um, but there's lots of people that do good things, too. So... um Just making sure that you don't plant thoughts or emotions on them, but empathize with the emotions they have. And then for the older kids, the teenagers, it's the same as above, um, but they'll also want a solution. And I think it's really important to brainstorm with them how they can make an impact. So helping them to empathize with the victims and the person causing the hurt. Helping them to realize son, daughter, daughter, At your school, there are kids that feel alone. There are kids that feel misunderstood. There's kids that do not feel supported or like they fit in. You can be the one that allows them to be seen. You can be the one that smiles at them and asks them how they're truly doing. You're the one that can invite them to the lunch table. It's important for our kids to know it's never their responsibility to take on somebody else's misdoing because of excuses or the way they were treated or the way they were raised or anything like that. Everybody has a story and everybody has the power to make their own choices. So people can have a really tough, difficult upbringing and still make bad choices and still be hurtful to other people. And vice versa, people can have a great upbringing and then ultimately make bad choices. And I'm not making any categorizations about this particular gentleman who made this terrible, terrible choice, but, um, it's important for our kids to know what role they can play in, in not perpetuating bullying and promoting kindness and love and all those, I mean, you just keep saying those same types of words, but being empathetic to the kids and even the adults around us, because people ultimately just want to be seen and validated and feel like they have a place in this world. Um, You can also talk to them about the lines and lines of people showing up at the blood banks. People waited six hours, I heard, in Las Vegas to donate. Wow, that is incredible. And so showing your kids there are tangible ways that you can make an impact. Um, There's lots of stories of people that sheltered other people from harm's way, drove them to the hospital, things like that. You can tell them those stories. But think about other ways that they can make an impact. Um, There was something on my high school campus um, years and years ago, and I can't remember what they said. They might have called it like Diversity Day or something. But the point was to get different people from different groups together in a room where they could hear about life from their point of view. And so sometimes we just don't understand another person. And that can cause us to make judgments on them, to not befriend them, to even gossip about them or do things like that that make them feel on the outside. And so I think the really critical thing is to talk about ways for our children and for ourselves to be inclusive and to be the light. And as a believer myself, um, and I know that many of you are as well, to really impart that we are all children of God and that that is a critical truth that regardless of the choices that anybody makes on a daily basis, we're all loved by Him and His heart is breaking when one of us goes astray. and especially when it impacts so, so many people. But ultimately, it is not our job to judge others, but it is our job to be an agent of light and love and change for good in this world. I love the vision and the metaphor for light in the darkness. In a dark room, it takes but one flicker to help your eyes to orient, to see that light and to ultimately light up the room. And if we're each doing our part in a dark world, it feels like we're in a dark world right now. There is just so much from natural disasters to these catastrophes and these traumatic events. It is There's just something every day, it seems. Every single day. And it is overwhelming. And it seems like there's just so much darkness. But you know what? The flicker of one little light can reorient our eyes to see hope and to see the good and you can be that light and I can be that light and your children can be the light and my kids can be the light and if we all activate our lights in that darkness there's a world where we will see good and there's a world where we'll see change towards the good. Oh, it's just it's a lot. It's it's a heavy topic, but I just felt really compelled that this is what I wanted to speak to this Friday to use this platform. There's just three things I wanna leave you with for things that we can communicate to our kids that can help them to feel secure and to to develop just a little bit more understanding in this in events like this. The first thing is to express our love to them. Oh boy, as much as we want to, as moms, keep our kids safe and see where they are at all times and make sure they're safe at all times, it is just physically and utterly impossible to be a helicopter parent to the point that we can help our kids avoid any type of hurt or sadness or loss. But we can love them. And when we love them and love them and love them until they just push us away because they think it's gross. (laughs) Then we smother them with kisses and hugs and tell them how important they are and tell them how meaningful their life is. They can walk into that school. They can walk out to that concert. They can get on the train. They can go wherever they want in the world. They will carry that love with them. That no matter what happens... That love will be a barrier of protection, not that that it will prevent them from harm, but that it will prevent them from feeling alone. So love your kids. The second thing is empathy. We want to feel for those that are hurting. And I don't understand it, but the person who causes great harm to people is hurting. And there's no excuse for hurting another human being. There's no excuse for hurting almost 60 human beings. Over 500 lives injured. I mean, I just, these numbers, these numbers are just so sad. But feel for everybody. Feel for the brokenhearted. Feel for the scared person who was there that day. Feel for the person who lost somebody they love. Feel for the person that feels alone. Feel for the person that feels like they don't have a voice and is out of control. Feel for the person that has mental illness. Feel for everybody. Because when we try and put ourselves in their shoes, we can wrap ourselves around them with love. We can... We can promote kindness. We can promote goodness. We can promote that light in the darkness when we do. So help to show empathy to your children and help them to in turn show empathy to others. And the last thing is connection. Help your kids to know that they can come to you. These are Big, 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 heavy topics. And I don't know about you, but this this event has not been far from my mind all week. It takes a lot of time to process. So having one, even a really good conversation with your kids about it, that may not be the end of it. And so letting your kids know, I'm still here. I understand that you need to process through this. Think about what we talked about. And if you have other questions or you're still feeling worried or scared, if there's times where it pops up unexpectedly And you need my support. I am here for you. I'm not going to shut you down. No matter how much time passes past an event like this. I mean, I still think of Sandy Hook and Littleton, Colorado. And so many of these events that were years and years ago. But they stick with you. And these events will stick with our kids if we talk to them about them. And so I think it's really important to revisit the conversations periodically, not to the point where it's exhaustive and keeps them feeling fearful um, or f- or feeling like that has to be the focus of their life. Um, but just revisiting, you know, every few days for that first little bit, saying, you know, do you ever think about it again? Do you have any questions since then? How are you feeling now? Did you come up with any ideas about other things that you can do or that we can do as a family or we can do as a community to help these types of events? Revisit it with your kids and build that connection with them so they feel comfortable coming to you and also you go to them as well so they feel comfortable opening that communication um, and sharing what's truly on their heart, even if they're scared or maybe even embarrassed to share what they're thinking I don't know about you, but I had a really hard time sending my kids off to school the next day. We always hope and we always think that we'll, we'll see you at the end of school. We'll see you tomorrow. We always think um, there is tomorrow. And this is not to be doom and gloom, but we know. <laughs> we know. Just because we're not talking about life and death And our own mortality doesn't mean it's not real. Um, But I want to leave you with this. This is what's been on my heart. When we love our kids, our love goes with them wherever they go. We cannot prevent harm from coming to them. But we can foster in them and in our communities and in our families That sentiment of light that we've been talking about and I am 100% confident that when we are all doing our part in our own families, our world can look a lot different. We can make the changes that need to be made to eliminate some of these tragedies that do not need to happen. They don't. They should not be happening every day, every week. All around the world, and especially not on our soil, not in our house. And so I just want to thank you for taking the time um, to listen to this. If you feel like there's somebody that could benefit from this, we just screenshot that you're listening and share it on your social media. Tag people, um, tag me, Jessica was 3 on Instagram to let me know that you're listening and let other people know that this is a resource for them. I don't claim to know anything (laughs) that is revolutionary about talking to your kids about tragedies. But what I do know is that these types of events are not going away. I hope that they will become less and less as we see change, whatever that might look like. Um, But these conversations need to happen um, in an appropriate way, in an intentional way. And I know that When I'm in new parenting territory, I don't want to say the wrong thing or I don't want to model the wrong thing for my kids. And so I think by thinking through how I want to talk to my kids about tragedies, just like I would want to educate them about anything else, I hope that you also will want to be intentional about um, what you share with your kids. So, thank you. If you want to read the article, I'm going to have it linked on my website, ExtraordinaryMomsPodcast.com. Like I said, you can follow me on Instagram at Jessica Dalquist 3 or on Facebook at Extraordinary Moms Podcast. I'd love to hear what you have to think about um, this episode today. I know it is a tough one, but I hope that by hearing me talk about it and hopefully by hearing other moms and other resources and other people that you trust, um, that you will come to some understanding of how you can best deal with it in your own family. Thank you for tuning in today. Next week, we have a great episode on Tuesday. It's with Tanya Dalton. Tanya is a mompreneur who is a great mom as well as owner of Inkwell Press. She makes beautiful planners. She also has a productivity podcast. So we're talking about all the things of running a business effectively, how to implement systems in your home to help all of that run effectively, and way more. It is a great conversation, and I know you're going to love it. We're also giving away a planner, so make sure you're following me on Instagram at jessicadalkos3 so that you don't miss out on that amazing planner giveaway next Tuesday. So thanks for tuning into the podcast. Hug your babies. Enjoy your weekend. And my heart goes out to anybody affected by the Las Vegas tragedy. I am so, so sorry for your loss. If you were a part of it or know somebody that was was there, I'm so deeply sorry. But we'll see you next week for another episode with another extraordinary mom. Bye.